Hey guys, it's Blake, and you're listening to Blonde Hair, Blackheart. Last week, we were gifted with the first three episodes of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2, Ex-Wives Club. And all I can say is, Housewives into Bugshaws, baby! <laughs> so I'm going to be giving you guys all of my takes on these first three episodes, and then I am joined by a very special guest. You may know him as Don Gunvalson and Lee Radswell on Twitter, but I know him as my new friend, Jordan Ross Myers. So stick around because you aren't going to want to miss our conversation. All right, ultimate girls trip. So we're reintroduced to our ex-wives, Dorinda, Eva, Phaedra, Taylor, Tamra, Vicky, Brandy, and Jill. Right out the gate, Brandy is trying to convince us all that she has her drinking under control. Is this like a sarcastic foreshadowing? What's the opposite of a self-fulfilling prophecy? <laughs> We're back with our OC gals, Vicky and Tamra, the Dos Amigas. Now, question. Do we really think that Tamra can't pronounce Massachusetts or Gargoyle? I mean, I know she's probably not much of a reader, but like, I don't know, there had to have been a library at that trailer park she was raised in, right? Marco is the butler this season at Bluestone Manor. Remember last season they had the guy who was married, but he basically, like, hooked up with Luann on camera? So who do we think Marco's gonna hook up with? Is he gonna fill Vicky's love tank? Now, Vicky did admit that she hasn't touched Steve's wee-wee in over a year, so we know her love tank is currently empty. I mean, she's even suggesting that she and Tamara eat each other, so, uh, <laughs> she's definitely chomping at the bit for some lovin', because we know she's not typically about that scissor-sister life. In addition to wondering where her next O is coming from, Vicky's also wondering why anyone would live in the middle of nowhere in the Berkshires. Like, what the fuck is a Berkshire? Where is home goods? she asks. And for once in my life, I really get Vicky's mindset here. Where is home goods? I love how Dorinda has house rules. You know, I'm a firm believer that the rules of the house go. I'm not like a the guest can do whatever they want kind of host. Rules are rules, and if you can't follow the rules, then you can go stay at the Best Western. <laughs> Dorinda's giving Phaedra and Eva a tour, and she stops to tell them about the tree outside where she feels Richard's presence. And Phaedra's like, who the hell is Richard? <laughs> okay, when I tell you guys that I almost died laughing, like Richard almost had a new pal in the afterlife. <laughs> Someone needs to go get Phaedra a red balloon so she can meet good old Richie. Ugh, Vicky is such a downer. She's complaining about everything. She really is insufferable, guys. The old Vicky we once had who truly whooped it up at every opportunity and would suck on wee-wee lollipops is gone. She's dead. She's also kicking it with Richard. <laughs> and I miss her. Taylor and Brandy sit down to hash things out, or at least try to. Brandy says that when she joined RHOBH, it was the worst time of her life. Everyone was mean to her, and then Russell killed himself, so how was she supposed to deal? And Taylor, like all of us, is very confused. What the fuck are you talking about, Brandy? It's, it's like so fucking insane and classic Brandy. You know, she thinks she's making things better, but she's just making Taylor even more pissed off. Vicky mentions that she's recovering from COVID. Uh, she says that she's so happy she got it. It was the best thing ever. The fucking lack of self-awareness is just insane. Obviously, the rest of the ladies are concerned now, being around Vicky. Um, and Dorinda is especially upset. She says that she's lost lots of friends to the virus. And Vicky says that, well, she lost a friend to the vaccine. L-O-L. <laughs> Dorinda goes on and on about unicorns and stuff. I don't know what the fuck she was saying, but I'm on her side here because she's pro-vax. So whatever she was saying, I am here for it. And Vicky clearly has met her match, so she bows out somewhat graciously, which is a new look for Vicky. But then in her confessional, she says that she would never question someone else's belief system or attack a guest in her home. <laughs> the ladies all gather for pedicures by the pool, and in walks Jill Zarin. Hi! Wait, did I hear someone say, huh? Surprise! The response is hilarious, and exactly the same as when she arrived on Scary Island. It's so great that she basically got the exact same response, which was, crickets. <laughs> Eva literally said, who's that? The ladies go to a seance, and Brandy thinks that the chef at the seance dinner is a lesbian because of her eyebrows. I feel like I might have lesbian eyebrows. I, I, I don't know what lesbian eyebrows look like, but I feel like mine are them. I don't know, they're bushy. Brandy starts telling everyone to shut the fuck up, and the ladies are not having it. Taylor, Vicky, and Tamara all start screaming back at her, which is especially funny coming from Vicky and Tamara, who've screamed in everyone's faces on their show. Gretchen is at home, facetuning her photos and rolling her eyes. 
So overall, I am loving this season of Girls Trip. The utter chaos that Bluestone Manor brings out mixed with these absolutely unhinged housewives, most of them who are completely desperate to get back on TV, it's just a chef's kiss. So good, zero complaints or changes needed. One of the best things about growing up in Arizona is that there's incredible Mexican food on every street corner. And you know what goes best with good Mexican food? Traditional Mexican horchata. Don't know what horchata is? It's creamy, delicious rice milk flavored with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Okay, you thirsty now? Me too. Luckily, even if you're far from the southern border, you can get your horchata fix every day with cinnamon. Cinnamon is a brand created by my good friend Tyler, who is even more obsessed with horchata and all things cinnamon than I am. He's developed all natural skincare products and more, crafted in California with ethically sourced ingredients and infused with real cinnamon. Have you heard of the antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral, or antioxidant properties of cinnamon when applied to the skin? Or how about how it helps treat acne? What about how cinnamon promotes blood flow, helping with skin elasticity by bringing blood flow to the surface of the skin and helping to moisturize skin with all of that added circulation? Some of my personal favorite products from Sinmin are their signature lip balm that gives your lips a sweet tingle and a subtle natural plum, their all-natural deodorant developed for sensitive skin, and the Coco Chata body beverage that leaves your body hydrated and smelling like heaven. They even have candles and air fresheners to keep your entire home, car, or office smelling like your favorite dessert. With Sinmin, you'll enjoy all the benefits Sinmin has to offer your skin and your senses. Visit cinnamon.com, that's S-I-N-M-I-N.com, and use code Blake at checkout for 15% off your total order today and receive free shipping on all orders over $50. That's code Blake for 15% off your order at cinnamon.com. I may have a black heart, but I can be sweet sometimes, and cinnamon definitely helps. Okay, guys, I am here with Jordan Ross Myers, the man behind the hilarious Don Gunvalson and Lee Radziwill parody accounts on Twitter. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, hey, glad to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. I mean, you've been making me laugh on social media for years now, so mm-hmm. I- I'm so glad that we're finally talking face to face. It's it's an honor, honestly. Yeah. Thanks. I feel sometimes like uh, the wizard and Wizard of Oz and behind right? this and behind these personas and people totally. don't know. Now they're getting to know me, but you know, it took a while. I was a secret for so long. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it's funny. That's kind of like the whole concept that the housewives started with is like, you know, looking behind the orange curtain and then mm-hmm. you kind of hid yourself behind that orange curtain and now we're peeling it back again. So yeah. I, I'm super excited to talk to you. Um, so you've been running these two parody accounts since 2015, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Don Gunvalson and Lee Radzwell, which one came first, Don or Lee? It's Lee. like the chicken and the egg. <laughs> <laughs> Lee came first. Um, I, I've i watched Housewives from the beginning. I, I love reality TV. And I had, um, and I had always thought like Housewives is very aspirational or it's supposed to be. And I thought there's no voice of someone who wouldn't be impressed. Right. <laughs> someone who would look, they wouldn't care about the Bentleys or the Birkins. They would think these people. And I, um, you know, I did study like history and poli sci at UCLA and stuff. So I know a lot about the Kennedys and um, Lee's, Lee Radswell's Jackie Kennedy's sister. Right. And it just kind of, I paired the two together to give a more, um, elevated voice or opinion with the housewives yeah absolutely and that's something that uh seemed to be missing at that point and to be frank it's it's kind of still missing i mean reality tv i i you know we both love it but it is like the lowest form (laughs) of television and i say that with love i say lots of love but it's such an interesting concept to take someone that is uh so elevated and Mm -hmm. have them comment on something that is so beneath them (laughs) yeah and that's what i mean and then to mix into it carol radswell lee's daughter-in-law ended up joining but i had lee going before carol no way wow yeah, because I had Lee before 2015, and then it got shut down because Lee was alive. And then I restarted in 2015. Oh, so wow. I've been doing this for almost 10 years. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So now, do you think that your creation of Lee Radswell and her commenting on The Real Housewives had anything to do with Carol eventually being cast on the show? 
I don't, um, I don't, I'm not going to take credit for that, but I will say before Carol, even uh, Luann followed. I mean, some people at the time Lee was alive, so they really were like, who is this? I had celebrities messaging me, Lee, I love you. And it's such an honor. How funny. Oh my God. That's so funny. So then how long after you had been running the Lee account, did you decide to uh, double up and create the Don Gunvalson account? Well, Lee's a bit more dignified and there were things I couldn't say. A little I bit. Yeah. Say. yeah. <laughs> and then, so I was like, but I have a I have plenty of normal people, like normal things to say too. And I could, and so I started thinking like I already had Lee and I'm like, what are like other, what other, um, how to put, what other characters from the Bravo verse on the periphery who wouldn't even think to register their name right. uh, would still be available. And I just started doing like husbands. A lot of those husbands are checked out. They don't care. And I hit on Don Gunvalson and I was like, it just, that one exploded on its own. I kind of forgot about it. And one day I logged in and it had like thousands of followers. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Well, the thing about Don is he really was kind of like the original voice of the people on the Real Housewives. I mean, he was putting up with Vicky and he was saying the things to her that the fans all wanted to say. And he was mm -hmm. kind of that guy that seemed like he was just dropped into this Bravo verse. He didn't know how he got there. He didn't know why he was there, I mean, but yeah. he was down for a good time, which was great. I mean, everyone loves Don Gunvalson, so and you couldn't have picked a better guy. Always in the Tommy Bahama shirt and right. like holding the Corona, just like. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. When he's not in Coda de Casa, he's off at Margaritaville. And we love <laughs> that for him. <laughs> that was, yeah, I think that was the life he wanted. And I, he didn't really want to be a house husband. He wasn't no. like Simon Van Kempen. He didn't really want the attention. Right, right. Exactly. He's not a Terry Dubrow. Um, yeah. But it worked out well for him because, you know, he... He rid the roller coaster as as long as he could. And now, I mean, he probably is at Margaritaville, like as we speak right now. <laughs> yeah, like I, from what I hear, because people do run into him, fans, and he knows about the account. I think he lives out in Palm Springs. He's like retired and he knows about the account. And of course it annoyed him at first, but he tells him now he just finds it funny. Like he's yeah. not into social media. So whatever, whatever, um, chaos I'm creating he thinks it's amusing at this yeah point. I mean it's great and you're filling a void that he you know doesn't really want to fill himself you know yeah. we all we all want to hear from Don Gunvalson so if he's not going to talk to us then you can talk to us for him I kind of I'm trying to avenge him I think she uh I uh, you know people liked him and she wasn't that great to him yeah so I've made him a little like Twitter folk hero now <laughs> yeah absolutely we all love Don Gunvalson, like the real Don Gunvalson, mm -hmm. but through you. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to channel him. I don't make fun of him. Vicky, on the other hand. I oh, God. Well, she she deserves it. She deserves all of it. And we can talk about Vicky in a minute. But mm -hmm. you kind of uh, touched on you went to UCLA. I know you grew up in uh, L.A. in the Valley and you mm -hmm. credit your time in L.A. and seeing a lot of these productions, you know, um, being filmed around you uh, for your love of reality TV. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, like I've, you know, um, as much as these shows are, say Beverly Hills or whatever, most reality TV LA based comes from the Valley, like where I grew up, where I live now. Um, and so I would like, I would um, in the early days, like you can go back I was in in the background, like I was at a party for like maybe season two of the Kardashians. I was oh, wow. in the pilot of Rich Kids of Beverly Hills. Like I really just enjoyed being around it. It was fascinating to me. And then that's how I kind of was like a lot of these people got picked up off social media. You throw a camera crew in. I mean, I have a lot of friends in the field. And so I thought I'd give an inside voice. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we love. I mean, the fans have been screaming for so long at Bravo to like break that fourth wall because mm -hmm. it it's it becomes so much more dynamic when the the fourth wall is broken because at a certain point, you know, maybe they're they're quote unquote real people for the first season, but after that their worlds completely change. Yeah. And especially like the Kardashians are such a perfect example. We we watched at first because we wanted to get to know this family, but then we watched because we wanted to know about the scandals and the drama and the things we were reading about in mm. the tabloids. So if you try and act like none of that is happening, it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so you definitely need like those key pieces of information that, that only an insider can give you. And that's, what's so great about, you know, people like you, or even I, I love how so many of the housewives now are really open to going on podcasts or doing their own podcasts Mm -hmm. and, and spilling these secrets, because I think they recognize how important it is to fill in those gaps that we don't get to see. At this point where uh, the audience is a lot smarter. I mean, we know it's some kind of produced and social media, I mean, has broken the fourth wall. Like when Housewives started, Twitter wasn't a thing. Right. Instagram wasn't a thing. And now we know going into the season kind of what's going to happen. So yeah. we can't um, we can't pretend they exist like in a bubble. We all know and we interact. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I try not to violate any NDAs or spo- <laughs> spoil any episodes, but I do. I mean, I know what's going on behind the scenes as they're filming sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And to to your point about, you know, how much is taken to social media and in in the press, I think a lot of times these reality players are using that to their advantage and they're trying to shift the storyline by saying things publicly. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's like a different a different world than when it all started, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, now the Kardashians, their new show on Hulu, it acknowledge it just fully they've dropped they've dropped that uh pretending they're a, a family with like hijinks and innocent right. outings they, they're addressing the fame and the money totally. and the business yeah and it's cool to see i mean especially because they are producers on this show so mm-hmm. it's interesting uh to to see them talking to like the production and the editors and really give their input and be like i don't like how you're portraying me um because you know those are conversations that are happening behind the scenes on all of these shows oh yeah so it's great to actually get to see it. Um, my One of my favorite moments, it was like one of the first times I feel like the fourth wall was really broken in the housewives world was um, in Orange County when like Kelly Dodd was shouting at everyone and then Heather Dubrow got all mad and was like yelling at a producer and you got, you saw the producer with his headset on and, and she was like, I'm going to quit. And I just remember like, mm-hmm. like the chills, the full body chills. And I was just like, oh my God, this is what happens behind the scenes. And we hadn't really ever seen anything like that before, but yeah. now with, with girls trip and with all of the shows, they're really, uh, they're really pulling back that curtain, which we like I know. to do. <laughs> I, I really like this current girls trip season two, because they're acknowledging they know each other from shows or, Oh, I remember that season. It was yeah. terrible. Or, right. So it's fun to see them. It's kind of, I guess, meta or whatever housewives discussing housewives with the different cities. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, if you were to throw any, you know, eight people in a room who all have the same job, what are they going to talk about? They're going to talk mm-hmm. about the job. So yeah. let's talk about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you tend to get a lot of piping hot tea. Where are you getting your insider information from? I mean, you said you have friends that are in the field. I have to assume that you're getting people sliding into your DMs with tips. I mean, where, yeah, where's it all Yeah, you know, I'm not like Gossip Girl, which some people think. (laughs) I mean, uh... you look like Gossip Girl to me. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like some people, like there are things I get where I, the people do slide into my DMs. I'm also friends with some of the people on these shows and stuff. Um, The, the thing more, more so about Lee than Dawn was celebrities were really impressed by her and they would reach out to me and I cut you know I never pretended to be her but I developed friendships with these people but also yeah people slide into my dms they uh they'll tell me stuff and I do check it out but I'm not I'm not like a takedown artist I don't um I'm not one of those people who will be like sources say and this right trying to so but yeah um I know. I mean, like I, I was saying, I've been around reality TV for a long time. And so I, I do know housewives. I do know publicists. I do know producers. So it's kind of fun. It all filters in. Yeah, definitely. And do you do you find that some of the housewives in particular will give you information hoping that you're going to share it? Because yeah. they think it's going to, you know, help there help their storyline s- or whatever. There will be some who are very serious if they say don't repeat this i'll kill yes. you which i get a lot yeah but then there are some who are like with a wink and don't repeat this and i'm like right nudge nudge yeah 
So they they all you know everyone uh, leaks information. Oh yeah, they are they're all playing the same game. If they if they didn't if they didn't get ahead of the story, then they'd be at a disadvantage because everyone else is. So I'm sure I'm sure I know of other people who are kind of like in the pocket of housewives, and they put out certain versions of the story. I try to have fun with it. I'm not super emotionally invested the way some of these fans are. Yeah. You know, where like they will defend a housewife to death, like stand, what is it, standing. Yes. I yeah. Mean, Absolutely. Or, I mean, because here's the thing. There's what, like 150 various housewives at this point? Like, no one, we're not going to agree on more than one, probably. Like, mm-hmm. we're lucky if we agree on one housewife. So it's it's always odd to me. I get a lot of, uh, you know, my followers or podcast listeners where they love you one day because, you know, they agreed with my opinions on so-and-so, but then the next day, you know, they're leaving me a one-star review and, and cussing me out online because I said something yeah. kind of mean about someone else. And it's like, you're, we're never going to see eye to eye on all of them. So let's just have a little fun with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're there for entertainment. Um, I don't say anything like it's, I don't say anything. Well, some of them might disagree. <laughs> I don't think I say anything too cruel. Most right. of it's an observation. Um, I see through a lot of their storylines or I know and I like to point out that kind of stuff. But like, I don't attack them as mothers or right. Totally. And they yeah, I do. There are some I've had to like block or mute. Um some of these people who are just so like they've devoted their lives to these uh, reality TV people. I'm just like, whoa, it's way too intense. Yeah. Even if I'm friendly with them, I I don't view them as saints or martyrs. And you can't watch the show thinking that. Right, right. And that's not really what they're supposed to be built up to be anyways. Like mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, I... I don't think that reality stars, especially on a show where the entire premise is like, let's sit down eight women at a dinner table and get them to scream at each other. Like we shouldn't be lauding any of them as like beacons of, of what we should be. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know, I don't want to disappoint some people, but I found that I used to be really enamored with certain housewives. Um, I find the ones who are really nice on camera often are really difficult to deal with in person and uh some of the ones who were nightmares that like I was afraid to meet because I was kind of they're intimidating they're so nice yeah so like you're not you can't buy in you can't always buy into the on-camera persona totally I'm not going to make you throw anyone under the bus um in terms of like someone that disappointed you but the flip side can you name someone that you were not excited to meet or talk to and then you did meet or talk to them and you were like wow this person's actually pretty cool brandy glanville okay i, I could say, totally see that she is really cool um she i was intimidated like when i first was like okay i'm gonna meet her like is like is she gonna throw wine in my face right. or something like yeah, that yeah slap you and no she's like so cool <laughs> Yeah, I can totally see that. I I don't know if I would want to piss her off. Yeah, but I would definitely want to kick it with her. She seems yeah, she's her. fun and she doesn't take it too seriously. Some of the ones who are on and they have really great images, it's so carefully crafted and intentional. And then you find out they're really not great people. They're covering up a lot of stuff, or they're yeah. just as bad as the villains. They just hide it better. Yeah, definitely. So you've interacted with a lot of celebrities and Bravo celebrities. then. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I, I know uh, there have been several that you've interacted with that have confused like Don as the real Don or Lee mm-hmm. as the real Lee. Who, who are some of those celebrities that have that you've duped? <laughs> Let's see. Um, what was it last year? Bethany came for Don. I remember that. That was, I have been waiting for that for years. Wow. Like I had just, I remember it was like, what happened? She was advertising a new like skinny girl wine. I don't know if it was under the skinny girl label. She was advertising some new wine that she had created. And I Googled it and pointed out the wine had been in existence for years. She was just hired on as, um, as the face of it recently. Yeah. And I guess uh, she took that as an attack on her uh, business acumen and she thought it was really done and she's tweeting at me, I'm a loser. 
um <laughs> tweeting at vicky come get your ex like oh she didn't she thought she was embarrassing me she didn't realize like first of all every pretty much everyone on twitter is in on the joke of what i do yeah and you just gave me the biggest advertisement ever and you're embarrassing yourself 100 so that one was fun um bethany vicky still about once a year she flips out on time <laughs> does she it. does she still not know does she doesn't she doesn't get no, it she knows she, okay. she's done interviews on like um one of those shows access hollywood or et this was fairly recent where she's talked about trying to get dawn shut down <laughs> but they won't do it because i do fall within the rules of parody right I, it's in the bio um who else has there been uh, you, do you remember um, that season? Where was it? It was New York. It was a New York reunion and Luann and Carol really going at it. Mm -hmm. And then Luann makes some remark. Well, I don't think I don't think the Radswell family would approve of what you were doing. Yeah, she was reading my tweet. She, Luann really thought in the beginning I was Lee and that I had her back. Oh, and she my God. was referencing my tweets as Lee against Carol. So you and like I, you like influenced this storyline that, <laughs> that I I guess I like escalated. This is, I think there was always going to be tension between Carol and Luann. But I really uh, gave Luann, I guess, ammo. I wasn't aware of it at the time. So the reunion played out. Oh, my gosh. And then like I, I noticed there was a story planted in page six about Carol and I was and Luann I was reading through and I was like oh my god that's solely based off like some tweet I wrote out drunk last <laughs> week <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny that's yeah. so funny and and you you probably had no idea that it was ever going to lead to that like it's so no. funny how things just catch fire and yeah and it spread. started as a hobby like if anything part of the reason i probably was secretive for so long not just to keep the mystique alive but also i mean i don't know how to explain what i do to people right. i'm still figuring <laughs> that out yeah and so it is kind of a weird hobby to tweet as a dead socialite or as a but now it's not so much a hobby. I mean, it's led to a lot of opportunities and things like that. And it's, I mean, it's not like my full-time livelihood, but it is like, a, it's a real bit, it's a part of my, like what I do, which is cool. It's led down so many paths and opportunities. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what a fun, creative outlet, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and there's just, there's so much content to be made around like, reality tv in general but especially the housewives like the, it just there's always something new in the in the news there's like there's at any given time there's like three different cities going on at once mm -hmm. so you're never going to run out of material there and and one thing I, that's true i mean it's year round there's all every week you have a new batch of material to work off of and also one of i think an advantage i have with being um LA based and uh, closest to uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is uh, Beverly Hills is unique in that it, these women, a lot of them come on as already established celebrities. So well, say like early season Orange County or just some of the random, the other cities, uh, you get women who are new to the celebrity game. Mm -hmm. These women come on with managers and publicists. So it it's a different, um, the stakes are almost higher because they're names to begin with. So there's a whole industry around that. Where yeah. like say they went into Salt Lake a couple of years ago. These are new women who uh, you're watching them feel out the industry at, on their first season. On Beverly Hills, I mean, you have Garcelle, you have, uh, you have the Richards and the Hilton. I mean, they right. they come in knowing Brenna. They know exactly what they're doing and how yeah. to play it. Yeah, I mean, Eileen Davidson. Yeah, even even Erica Jane had years of being a performing artist, so you mm -hmm. know she she got the inner workings. Now that's actually a, a good point that you bring up because the last few years that seems to have been spreading to the other cities as well. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of the fans online in between seasons are always you know throwing up 
you know, the, the photo of some girl and being like, this is this, you know, Instagram influencer in Orange County, cast her next season. Or yeah. I mean, even like Drew Sedora being cast on Atlanta. Um, do you think that that's a smart way to go to start bringing on people that already have a little bit of influence? Or do you want to keep the shows and keep the, the new personalities a little more green? Um, in general, I would say it's better to keep it green. There should be some kind of, or some, I know the, the friendships that they introduce new housewives through are often exaggerated. Right. Um, but something like that, but with, if you are depicting or trying to capture like the flavor of a city, um, fame is so important in Beverly Hills that I think you just have to accept that a lot of these women are going to have some connection to celebrity to begin with. But in other cities, like, I don't know if say Salt Lake or Potomac, I think they should pick people who are organically in the community. Yeah, and I think it's kind of fun to watch someone who has never experienced fame before um, sometimes fall on their ass and mm -hmm. i mean it's it's definitely like watching uh someone be thrown into the shark tank so yeah um i don't know maybe my what is it called schadenfreude is showing <laughs> i don't know that's uh, what i love that's what we watch house exactly so. right it's so true um okay so tell me do you have a housewives tagline for yourself Oh my God. I almost tweet in Housewives, Housewives tag. Right. I know. I, I am like, I have one every season, baby. Like I have a new yeah. one. Oh God. I almost have to read Twitter to do it. Cause I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, what would be a good one? I don't know. What is yours? So mine that I have uh, recently started using is, and this is actually something that I have like said to my husband in complete seriousness. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that I always have to be right. It's just that I always am. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very uh, Dubrow. Okay, so she is my like housewife spirit animal. I've also said this before. I don't know it's be if it's because we're both Capricorns, we were both like musical theater kids, or maybe we're both just spoiled assholes. Could <laughs> could could go any which way, but I love me some Heather Dubrow. And I, do I was too. I was actually wondering if she was one of the ones that you were implying about that kind of has like a very um like a very pristine image on the show, but maybe doesn't reflect that in real life. Um, you know, I don't know too much about her, to be honest, like, um, although I, I read the same stuff you do right. and I hear and I do know people in that in Orange. It's like a lot of people don't know or maybe they don't quite get even though Orange County and Beverly Hills are maybe 45 minutes apart. It's completely different worlds. Right. It's like um, New York. It's like uh, Housewives, New York and New Jersey. Totally close geographically, but completely different worlds. So I don't know too much about it. Um, the one I was thinking of, to be honest, um, uh, I hope that I hope they don't come for me, but uh, I used to love Lisa Vanderpump. Okay. <laughs> and you know, she's never done anything bad to me. I'm not saying that, but she's, she's not, she's not this British uh, fairy godmother that, you know, yeah, I mean, she she was one. She's smart, incredibly smart. And I just uh, when I see any housewife, when I see them, especially if they've left or they've been wronged her or I see Teresa fans oh, yeah. who just like this saint of a woman gave. I'm like, it's not like that. They're all on it for a paycheck and fame. Oh, Maybe absolutely. This season didn't work out for them like they wanted. But uh these people kind of make them martyrs. And that's where I'm like, you, if you actually dealt with them, you'd realize they're real people. And yeah, quite yeah. flawed. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we yeah. all? Now, tell me what you think about this. My kind of thought about Heather Dubrow, I almost feel like she is more... Um, she would fit in better in Beverly Hills because mm -hmm. of what you were saying. And I feel like that maybe is why the people that she works with on the show see her the way that they do, because I do think that she is an actor and she's used to being on sets. And so she probably is approaching her, her work day filming RHOC a lot different than like Kelly Dodd sure. was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always said my thinking is with Dubro because she really is the fit for Heather would be Beverly Hills. Right. I mean, the way she lives, the um, 
just how extravagant it is and everything. And also I've, I'm Jewish and I've always found it funny seeing her. She's, she's joked about it. Um, Orange County isn't that diverse and she right. kind of stands out there. We're in Beverly Hills. But my thinking is on Beverly Hills, she wouldn't be as big of a star. Right. She would be one of many. There are plenty yeah. of women. But in Orange County, she's a completely like exotic flavor to these women. Totally. It's like blondes from Kodo doing soccer practice. And then Heather from, uh, where does she live? Newport Coast. Right. D- descends in her helicopter. <laughs> like, I totally. Mean, it's a different lifestyle. So yeah. I think in Orange County, she shines even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you said that you've been watching the housewives since the beginning. Does that mean that you started originally with orange County? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what would you say is your favorite city out of all of them? Um, Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, I, it's the one like I, like I said about, um, living around it and being around it. So I, but also just for fun, I like the LA Bravo, the Bravo shows in LA Vanderpump rules, Shaw's, a million dollar listing because for me I get to point out like oh I've been to that restaurant or oh they're driving by where I work or yeah. things like that yeah I totally um, but also get that. New York yeah New I York like is New York great New York is like so different I think than the other cities and I I don't I've never really been able to like pinpoint what it is about New York that makes it so unique mm-hmm. but there's something I mean do you do you get that vibe too where it's just so different than the rest of them yeah I mean they're not soccer moms true that's for sure they're not yeah. soccer moms um it's definite if if anything I think what makes New York different is being a wife and mother comes second. Where say even on Beverly Hills, uh, you know, Kyle is an amazing mother. Right. Kids first, Dorit, they all show their kids. And that's like in Bever- um in New York, like even I mean, now they're a little bit more mature, but even when it first started and they had kids in the house, they were like accessor, you know, um Ramona might bring Avery. Avery out for a party, but her her life was work, parties, and networking. Yeah. And well, do you remember the- there was an episode where she did take Avery to a party or an event, and then Ramona wanted to stay out partying, so she sent Avery home in a cab by herself, and Avery was like seven. And yeah. I remember watching it just being like, is this what New York is like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Luann, her kids went to boarding school. So yeah, if that happened in any other city, the, it would become a storyline. Oh, yeah. I mean, t- remember when Taylor Armstrong didn't know where Kennedy was and that mm. was a big storyline. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one if, if that had happened in another city, CPS would have been called on Ramona <laughs> for sure, 100%. Oh, absolutely. We're, I remember that it was, uh, she calls Taylor calls Kyle and is like, oh, it was like just incidental. Oh, you have Kennedy? Yeah. And she was like, I'm going out of town. And she had no idea where her kid was. I, was, I think I mean, she was heading to Vegas with yeah, a guy. I'll, give, I'll give Taylor some some credit because weird, weird time for her, for sure. Yeah. But, Transitional, uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But Bravo fans never forget, Taylor. <laughs> okay. So what what is your uh, least favorite city then? Are there any that you don't watch? Um, I always try to watch a little bit of every season, even if I'm not a huge fan. Um, I'm trying to think of which one I'm not that into. I'm not emotionally invested in New Jersey. Okay. I get that it makes great TV and I do appreciate it for that. But like, I don't really, uh, people it's, you know, I think it is too much of a family dynamic for me with like I enjoy the family dynamic when it comes to say like the Richard sisters that's interesting okay. yeah but when it's like Teresa versus Melissa and that that story's been going on forever I'm kind of over it yeah I get that for sure I could see that it's so interesting you know the heart really wants what it wants like there are some some of these cities where I just yeah, I don't, I, I still watch them all, mm-hmm. but like every week, you know, on, on Wednesday, I am so excited for Beverly Hills that night, yeah. but there are some cities where I'm, oh, I'll catch which it the one next do you, day. Which one are you like not too into? Or... Um, 
Okay. So right now, and this is probably controversial, but right now I cannot get into this season of Atlanta and I don't know <laughs> why. And I've loved Atlanta in the past, but for whatever reason, um, even yeah, today I watched last night's episode this morning, but I like forgot about, I forgot it was on even, it's just not really, um, on my, my radar right now. And I don't I know why. For me, like with uh, Girls Trip Out, I know this is controversial because Phaedra did do some shady things on her last season, but it just reminds me what could have been. I would rather they have Phaedra than Candy. Oh, absolutely. Phaedra mm. is so great. She, I have missed her on our screens mm. so much. Um, the commentary, just like she is so funny. The things she's saying, like under her breath, it, it's just it, she's I, I made for it. Yeah. So I kind of feel like Candy has run her course, and it would be great if maybe they switch them out. I yeah, don't I don't. I don't feel like Candy has really had a great storyline in a while. I feel like it's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of the same. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I know every season, every series needs someone who's maybe a little bit more grounded and less problematic, but I do like problematic and toxic. And I don't really think she brings a lot of drama. Right. Yeah. We love mess. Yeah. (laughs) Do you, do you feel the absence of um, Cynthia and Portia at all? No, I actually, you know, I watched last night's today as well. And it didn't even occur to me. I, I think about Nini. Okay. Part of me, I am happy Sheree's back. I've okay. always, Sheree's one of my all-time favorites. Um, so there's that, but um, Portia and Cynthia, no, she ran her course. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't think she was ever a stellar housewife. Pretty to look at, but um, Portia was good, but I'm happy Sheree is, I think bringing Sheree and Phaedra together would be amazing with Marlo sprinkled in too. That would be fun. Yeah. I wonder maybe the reason why I'm not vibing with it is they just cut so many people. The last couple of seasons, it was a really stacked cast and then they had like five friends of, and Mm -hmm. now it's just down to five. And, um, I think we were introduced to a new friend in this episode, but I don't think she really sticks around for long. So it really is just yeah. kind of the five of them. And I, I do believe that you need more people to round out the cast to really like uh, bring out those, those nuanced dynamics and, and all Definitely. those layers. Maybe like six or seven. I think Beverly Hills is a little bloated with eight. So maybe like six or seven. So there's room to move around the group. If yeah. you fight with one, you can form a new click over here. Exactly. With five, it's very kind of one-on-one. You don't have a lot of... If you don't get along with someone, that's your storyline for the whole season. There's not a lot of um, room to move. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what are you thinking about Real Housewives of Dubai, the latest city? Um, I've watched it. I'm, I expected something different. I expected... Okay. It feels a little cookie-cutter in that they took, because what they're doing is showing um, Dubai for the Western world. Right. They're trying to show it's a modern city. It's not what people may have imagined in the Middle East, but I feel like it's very, it could be Miami, it could be Beverly Hills. I kind of would like to see a little bit more um, of the traditional, like the part of, uh, the local culture there that we don't see because I'm familiar with Dubai and like the you know the resorts Burj Al Arab and the Ferraris and all that stuff but um those I want to see the more mysterious parts like these are very westernized women I want to see the ones who are like maybe married to a shake or yeah. like you know something maybe married to a one of uh the royals or you know just like really not not the culture produced for Western TV, but I would like to see the real Dubai. Yeah, that is really an interesting point. And I never thought about that, but it also makes me think of like Salt Lake City and how it was mm. really uh, advertised as like, you know, diving into this Mormon culture, but all of the wives were ex-Mormon. So we weren't actually yeah. seeing the Mormon culture, we were seeing like n- people outside of it, you know? Exactly. Like there's, sh- I want to see kind of the real do like exactly with uh, Salt Lake, uh, the women you wouldn't expect to speak. Those are the ones I want to hear from. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. And I, totally new perspective, but I totally get it. You're right that when you're watching the show, if you didn't know it was Dubai, it could be any, you know, uh, multicultural hub here in the States, you know? Yeah. Like Miami, like you said. Yeah. So, so, so interesting. I'm going to watch it now with like a totally different gaze, but I love yeah. that. I love, this is why I love talking to other housewives fans because you, you really do gain such new perspectives and these shows are in their own way, uh, little slices of life. And so yeah. we're, we're all experiencing them so uniquely and it's really cool to hear that. It's like a, it's like a Rorschach test. Yeah. It's okay. Crystal. Okay. <laughs> watching the way people react to certain housewives is interesting to me sometimes yeah. i'll just read through social media even shows i'm not super into i do like to read through people's comments and threads and just see what people hear because i don't see i'm not an expert on every show and every I, I, it's interesting to find out how people interpret certain scenes or episodes yeah or, yeah, definitely. And I always say like, my takes are just that they are my takes. They are not mm -hmm. supposed to be like sweeping judgments of anything. And, and I welcome other opinions and other takes, you know, I think that's half the fun of uh, watching these shows is being able to, you know, reconvene and dish about them, whether we yeah. agree or not. Now, what did you think about the most recent season of Orange County? It was controversial, but I mean, the last several seasons have have been so what, what was your take? Um, I'm glad Heather, they needed Heather back. They definitely it had slipped. Housewives, um, I feel, has moved. Um, you know, when uh, Orange County first started, I, I joke about this a lot online. You know, you could have a small Mercedes and a coach bag or like a Louis Vuitton tote, four bedrooms, whatever. And you yeah. were you were rich. You were ready for camera things have evolved it's a business now and they expect more glamour and beverly uh, not beverly hills orange county was slipping and yeah. heather i mean i don't think anyone's disagreed that heather does bring that kind of glamour or wealth i don't know if you, some of she can um she does bring that kind of uh, wealth that every show needs to compete with the other series. Yeah. You know, Orange County doesn't want to be like the poor show or whatever. Right, right. And so she does bring that. So I liked that. Um, what would you do or would you change anything moving forward for season 17? How, how would you like to see it progress coming back? I do think Tamara is earning a place back. Okay. I, Vicky, no. Yeah. You know, that's always up in the air because, uh, you know, people are always putting those two out there. Vicky's time has, pa has passed. I agree. I also um, think Vicky's not a team player. Mm -hmm. And um, I think she would she would only go back on her terms, whereas I think Tamara will do whatever it takes to go back. Yeah. And Vicky, she loves the OG thing, but she doesn't have the same clout as Bethany. She can't call. Right. She can't set her own terms. Tamara is eager. Um, and Tamara's a good housewife. Yeah. Tamara's I've always, great. I've always thought she's probably, and I don't know as a fact, but I always thought she'd be easy to produce as a housewife. Um, yeah. She does. She always knows where the camera is. She knows when it's her turn to take a story and stir the pot. She does what she has, has to do. Yeah. I don't know if you ever listened to her podcast with Teddy Mellencamp, mm -hmm. but she's she's uh, definitely doing some producing even even over there, because yeah. like I don't I don't listen every week, but um, I'll listen sporadically and you can hear her tune changing about things and about people based off of what serves her yeah. um you know like for a really long time when heather uh, was announced as coming back and everyone was really excited about it tamara was on the podcast saying like we've stayed really good friends and i love her and we talk all the time and then once the tone kind of shifted and people weren't as happy with heather anymore you know tamara was like well we we weren't even really that close and we're not really friends anymore and so you can you can tell that she plays the game through and through it's just become a part of her daily life now so yeah. she, she needs cameras around her because she's still being a housewife even without the yeah. cameras <laughs> in her mind as she hasn't stopped and i don't think she gave up the job um even with cameras off her i think she the podcast for her is great because it keeps her in that game i know her 
her show's kind of controversial. Heather, I think, told Andy it's too behind the scenes to let her back on camera. But I'm not saying for Teddy to bring her back. I don't really care for Teddy. But I do think Tamara, and she was the original, I know Vicky's the OG. Tamara, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, she did the first wine throw in Gina's face. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was the first person to be called a pot stirrer. I mean, she's, she's good. Yeah, I, I just think she's solid. Like, I don't think she's a breakout star, but I can see how she can move. She can move storylines along when things get stale. Yeah, absolutely. She she for sure changed the game. Um, Vicky may have been the OG, and she definitely evolved into the screaming bobblehead that we all know and love. That's what I. But think. <laughs> right, just total bobblehead. Um, but in the beginning you know, it really was a slice of life show and it was mostly about them and their families. And, you know, the most we really saw Vicky lose it was the little family van moment. And that wasn't her going off on another housewife. So we didn't see those kind of dynamics of like housewife v housewife until Tamara came in. And she may have been the first Bravo villain. I, I think so. It was definitely her... Her and Danielle Staub, I think, like right around the same time coming yeah. in and just being like, <laughs> okay, you you guys, what is uh, Diana's line on Beverly Hills? Like, you needed a new villain? Well, here I am. Those yeah. two, absolutely, 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have your own show, The Pretty Corrupt Podcast. So tell yeah. us about the vibe of your podcast and why you decided to start, uh, you know, talking in that forum. Oh, yeah. So um, I'm a creator and co-host of Pretty Corrupt Podcasts on Stork Media. Um, It takes people inside the reality of reality TV, um, the entertainment industry. We call it a um, celebration of fame, fortune, and dysfunction. Love it. (laughs) So like, you know, I work kind of behind the scenes with reality TV. Um, One of my co-hosts, Stacey, um, she is a casting director for reality TV and our other co-host, uh, Nate, he's been a producer for entertainment TV. Oh, cool. So we kind of all have these inside perspectives and experiences throughout the years. And we thought, what if we watch these shows and explain to people what's really going on? And I don't just mean breaking the scenes down, but how negotiations work or how these, um, how these kind of endorsement swaps work, things like that. What really goes on if you're working in the business? That's awesome. So interesting. Like I said, we are all about, you know, peeling back that curtain now and knowing what's going on behind the scenes. So everyone go listen to Pretty Corrupt Podcast. And Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. This has been such a blast. Can you tell oh, thank my you listeners? For having me. Yeah, of course. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you on social media and then where they can find Dawn oh, and Lee on social I media? Begin? Okay. <laughs> so on Twitter, I okay, Instagram, I'm Jordan Ross Myers, my full name. Um on Twitter, which is kind of my hub, uh, I'm at Jordan R. Myers. And then you can find me, Lee Radswell, Don Gunvalson on Twitter. And then on Instagram also, my podcast is at Pretty Corrupt Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate oh, your you. time. All right, I'll catch you later. All right. Bye. <laughs>